As you know, we were sent over to bring the gospel to Rosarito. So God called us after the elders at the church prayed and asked God if they would anoint me to be the pastor down there. And God said yes. They prayed again and they said, God, you know, there's people that actually follow rules. You probably don't want to send Rudy, but, you know, it was his idea. So we've been there and it's been a blessed time. It's been an awesome time. And what you saw today, it's amazing. I really wish for you guys to come by and see how people's lives have been changed through Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you for all your support. There is a lot of people here that has put a lot of effort into it, that has blessed us all the time with their donations, and we truly appreciate that. To you, it might not be a lot, but for these people, it means another day in life. So it is an awesome time, and I thank you for that right there. But first, I want to I wanna go ahead and pray and give thanks to the Lord. And I want to pray for Pastor Brett and his family as they are sick today, as many people are. And uh, let's bow our heads down. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity you given me this morning to proclaim the gospel. I also want to thank you for my brothers and sisters that had come to hear your word this morning. Please be you the one that delivers the message. Please have mercy on me and speak through me. Please let this word accomplish the purpose you send it for. Amen. I also want to lift up my pastor, Pastor Brett and his family and all the people that are sick around this time, Lord. This is just a crazy world, Lord. And I'm just going to quote my favorite verse in the Bible. Everybody knows it is. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I overcame the world. Thank you, guys. So what's going on is, I know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there right now. Don't worry, I don't preach the news. Hollywood doesn't give us one minute. I'm not going to give him a minute neither. So one thing is we stay focused on what the Lord has for us, what's his purpose in our life. And with that right there, we're going to go ahead and start our message, which is going to be about purpose, part one, and then it's going to be about passion. So let me ask you a question. Where does the will of God fit in your life? Do you ask God for his guidance, for his wisdom? for his direction, for his provision? Or do you just wake up and just live the way that you want to live? Are you one of those persons that walks on the same track over and over again, day after day? Do you spin on the same wheel time after time? As long as you have what you think you want, as long as you have what you think you need, and as long as you have what you think you deserve, you don't really consider God. And that's very common in our lives. When we don't ask God for guidance, what we're really saying in our, in our attitude is, I can live without you. I don't need your direction. I don't need your help. And that's pretty sad and lonely and terrible and a big mistake. And this is so true. We think that we can walk on water. We have become our own little gods. We provide ourselves with a special room in our home, put a giant TV. If Amazon don't have it, we get mad at them and we go and design one because we've got to have the best of the best. It's got to be the biggest thing. 
all the games and all the technology that we can think we need. We spend endless hours there, but we do not have a small area in our home where we can come every morning and invite the Lord to have coffee with us, where we can sit and listen to what his will is in our life, where we can come in and cast all our cares and all our problems onto him because he's that good, he's that faithful, and he was the best for us. But we deny him time after time. We'll go by and we do what's good in our life. As um, Jess was saying, over where we designed that baptism pool right there, that's the pulpit. I like to feel that I walk on water, so, you know, it's right there. It's as a cover. It's not only that, it's a reservoir. In Mexico, they cut the water off for one, two, three days, even for weeks without letting you know. So we use that water as well for drinking through filtration and also for the bathrooms and showers and whatever we need. So it's not only a pool to get baptized or things like that. That's the main purpose, but it's not only that. So what I'm saying is that, you know, we plan all of these things without even asking God, what is your purpose in my life? So that my passion can develop on this thing right here. So this is our attitude when we don't ask God before we make that purchase before we take that job, before we express ourselves, our concerns about the church, our sisters, brothers in Christ, and those outside the church. We're so fast at giving our opinion that we don't care if we trash every, every people out there, every person. We don't keep in mind that Christ died for us. He died for everybody else, and we don't consider that. We just trash everybody in our way. What we're really saying is that we don't need God. How foolish of us to think that we can go around the world with joy in our hearts when God's purpose is not part of it. And how do we do this? How do we do God's purpose? How do we accomplish that? Well, we do this. We read the Bible. We pray to God. I want to make that point right there, okay? Don't pray to yourself. Don't pray to your fiance. Don't pray to your wife. We pray to God. Don't pray to your children. We pray to God. Go to church. People always have something to do. People are always busy. There are seven days in the week. There are 24 hours in the day. We all have the same amount of hours. I don't have time. It's the biggest lie in the world. Okay? It's all about priorities. Participate and make ourselves available. Now, this task can be very hard to accomplish. Many times we just don't have an honest agenda. We're not honest when we don't go to the calendar and we feel that thing packed where there's no space anymore. We run from meeting to meeting. We drive our children around from one event to another until we're completely exhausted and there's nothing left in us to give. Now, here are some examples of God's purpose in our life. Ephesians 2.10. For we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God created us with a purpose. He didn't just drop us in 
and say, okay, well, you run alone and you play with yourselves, you know, do whatever you think you're going to be doing. If there's no purpose in our lives, there's no guide. And we're going to be walking around with chicken, like chickens without a head. It's just not going to work. God created us with a purpose, but many times we believe that our purpose for our lives is better than his purpose. And so we move around without direction, without a plan. We sit and watch how our marriage and our children are being tossed around like the waves of the ocean. And how our marriage just drifts away while our children are just floating in the society. Being told that it's okay to use drugs, to see and participate in things that do not honor God, we need to surrender to the Lord and ask him to reveal to us his purpose for our lives, for our family, for our job, for our finances, and for everything we think, say, or do. Here's another example of God's will for us. Mark 16, 15, and Matthew 28, 19. Go out into the world, preach the gospel. That means the good news. Bring hope to people's life, letting them know about God's promise of eternal life, letting them know that they do not have to be slaves to sin, that there is hope, that there is a promise, that there is a loving and caring God that wants to have a relationship with them. Today, more than ever, we need to proclaim the gospel. People are going around without principles, without ethics, without integrity, without guidance, and without, without purpose. We've seen it outside, all the turbulence that's going out this time because of that law that got overturned. But you know what? It's all over the place, and it's crazy. Just this week, there was a mother that came by and spoke to me at the church. And her, her kids had been coming over to church for, over, for about a year. She lives across the street, and all the time she was busy. It was too hard for her to walk couple of feet to church until she realized her kids were changing and she was being a stumbling stone for them. God had mercy on her. We prayed a lot for her and she finally decided to come and surrender to the Lord. Well, this week she came by to mention how important it was to have the church open. As you know, we teach kids every day, English, math, computers, and of course the Bible. We're teaching how to read and write because a lot of them don't know. And she came by and she said, you know, church is such a blessing. And um, I don't want my daughter to go to school anymore. She proceeded over to show me some text message that I wish I would have never seen. And she said, this is my daughter's teacher. And you can imagine this guy's a text spreader. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. And, you know, I thought at that time, I said, you know, it's amazing how all of us so-called Christians sit around and stuff ourselves up with donuts and coffee on every meeting that's possible out there. And yet we don't go and proclaim the gospel, which is God's purpose. So we're not doing his purpose. Yeah, we can sit around and it's easy to say, hey, God is good. God is great. Right? When everybody's in one accord. What about outside when everybody's against you? like everybody wants against Jesus. You know, we're ready to proclaim that, right? 
over on Joshua one night, the Lord said to Joshua, have I not commanded you to be of good courage? And that's the courage to confront the truth, to come out forth and proclaim our faith. We're not cowards. We're God's kids. He's almighty. He's all powerful. He's our Lord and Savior. He's the King of Kings. So if he's all of that, then what's holding us back? Why are we allow, allowing things like this to happen? 14-year-old girl. Come on. It's ridiculous. She's not the only one. This guy has 25 girls there. And that's just one of them. So when all of these kids come in there, they have a heaven. That's what it is. See, from the very beginning, God didn't wanted us to go through all these tribulations. But out of our disobedience, he created a heaven, a garden. And that's where we were going to raise our children. We were supposed to. But we had turned it out into this crazy nonsense world. And right now, rather than worrying about all the media and things like that, we should worry about being in the Word, God. We should worry about praying. We should worry about being on our knees, praying over our children every day, God, showing what their purpose, your purpose is in their lives. Fill me in with your Holy Spirit so that I can be the man that you want me to be at home, so that I can love my wife as you love me, so that I can train my kids so they don't make the same mistakes that I did. So, but just how do we do this? How do we accomplish all of this? How do we bring out those purpose out into people in our lives throughout, throughout the world, the Lord, of course? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is a good report, whatever is praiseworthy, and whatever is of virtue. That's Philippians 4.8. I'm sure you're pretty familiar with that verse. That's what we do. These are God's principles. These are God's ethics. And that's what we bring. Whatever is lovely, whatever is love, whatever is true. That's what we bring. Now, there are two very important and significant words that apply to the life of a Christian. Purpose. The reason for which something is done. Passion. A strong and barely controllable emotion. This is how the dictionary describes these two words, and this is how Jesus Christ brings them to life in the Bible. Jesus' purpose, purpose was to preach the gospel, the good news on Mark 1, 138. The Lord said, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come. So let us go to the next towns with an S, not just one, wants to cover everything over. Jesus had a clear purpose in his life because he often went by himself to pray and spend time alone with the Lord. So there was no confusion in his life. He knew and understood his purpose. Luke 16, Luke 5, 16. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. And this is what we need to do. You know, it's amazing how pastors go out there and there's all these pastors' conference, you know, and it's in Hawaii, it's in Cancun. Well, why do they have to make it in all these fancy places? 
You know, you don't need to go to those fancy places. You can go anywhere here, desert, months, whatever. All you need to do is read the Gospels. If you need a revival, read the Gospels. If you want to learn how to be a pastor, read the Gospels. Learn about Jesus. If you want to be humble, read the Gospels. He's a great master. He's a great teacher. You know, we don't, we don't need to go anywhere. We don't need that fancy stuff. What we need is to be humble and surrender and come to him and let him know, Father, I can do this on my own. I need your wisdom. But this passion was that no one, but his passion was that no one should perish, but all who believe should have everlasting life. So his passion was for the cross because it was the only way to redeem us. There was no other way to redeem us. He asked the Father over on Luke 22:42 and Matthew 26, 39, Father, if you will, take this cup away from me. But there was no other way. But that was his passion. He didn't want anybody to perish, but we would all have the opportunity to have everlasting life. There's that free gift. Right now, everybody talks about how expensive everything is. Oh, the gas is over $6. Oh, this all is this much. You know what? Salvation is still free, and people don't want it, right? So somehow we're all confused, right? We're concerned. We want to pay for what's expensive, what's a lot, but we don't want the, the true thing that's worth it, and it's free. Here, this is strong and burly, controllable emotion is what led him to the cross so that we, we could all be redeemed with his precious blood. Ephesians 1.7 puts it like this. In him we had redemption through his blood. Hebrews 9.11 states that we were redeemed by the blood of, the, of Christ. 1 Peter 1.18 through 20 God paid a ransom to save us with his precious blood. There's a lot of people that go around and say, hey, you know what? Once you've been saved, don't worry, you're always saved. And some people say, well, no, you can lose your salvation. Now you say, you know what? Don't mess with that. Don't take any chances. Why do it? You're saved, give thanks to the Lord. Live a thankful life. Live a, a life that honors God. We were not bought with things that corrupt like gold and silver. We were bought with his precious blood. Another person with a purpose and a passion was the apostle Paul. My brother Paul here has mentioned to me on some occasions saying that it seems like Paul almost enjoyed all the tribulations that he lived in his life. And you know, he did. It's crazy. But he actually did. This guy, his only goal, his passion was to bring the gospel. And throughout that time right there, he didn't care. And we can see it right here. Paul's purpose was to plant churches, to proclaim the gospel. And his passion was that all will come to the understanding of the word of God and to be saved in Christ. Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to me, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. 
his purpose, his passion, and his desire was for the people to hear the gospel. That meant more to him than his own life. He was willing to die for the cross. That's a very strong purpose. And that's a passion that it's intense. 1 Corinthians 2.2 For I determined not to know anything amongst you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now Paul lays aside all his credentials of being a Pharisee of Pharisees. Of being a student of Gamaliel. He puts aside all that nonsense. And he says, you know what? I pretend to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. He was preaching the blood of the Lamb and the cross. And that's something that us preachers should be doing more. We should be preaching more on the cross, more on the blood of the Lamb, a lot less on the news or none on the news, a lot less on if you give, God is going to bless you. That's all nonsense, not biblical. And people can handle it because the word, the Lord is strong. And it hurts, right? Sharper than a two-edged sword, Hebrews 4. So it's going to be painful. So we, need, we do need to preach more the, the blood of the Lamb. Acts 21, 13. Then Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for, this, for the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, if you read this part of the, of, the, of the Bible, you'll find out that there is a prophet, Agabus. Paul was in Caesarea. He was over at the house of Philip. And so this prophet comes by and gets his belt and bounds his hands and his feet and says, whoever owns this belt, it's going to be bound like this, and it's going to be turning into the Gentiles in Jerusalem. And so all they start crying and weeping and say, oh, Paul, Paul, please listen to us, brother. We love you. Don't go there. Don't go there. This is going to happen. And he says, you know, what are you doing? Stop crying and weeping like little kids. I have a purpose. I have a mission. I have a passion. If it's going to cost my life, so be it. But I'm not going to go proclaim the gospel. I'm not going to go and preach the cross. I'm going to go and bring the Lamb of the Lord to them. And that's what he does. Through my walk with the Lord, going out to 15 years, I have learned that purpose and passion is what guides me in my walk with the Lord. By reading the Bible, praying and participating in ministries, I can hear and listen to God's purpose in my life. Well, he assures me that he's in control, that he will never leave me nor forsake me, my passion to do his will becomes my purpose. God is good, and his promises are good. You know, this, um, we have this family at church, five kids, and the two adults. They're not his kids. They're kids. They're their grandkids. Their parents abandoned them. They range from three years to 12 years old. Different moms, different dads, different everything. They were very sick on a Sunday church. I saw them, and I said, what's wrong with them? Well, they got a high fever and all of this, and so we shouldn't not come to church. Uh, and so I said, here, take him to the doctor. So we gave him some money, take him to the doctor. Well, I follow up because I know they need food and clothes, and 
you know, whatever else they might need. So I went to their home to bring some provisions and stuff that they could use with food. As I come over there, and these kids are burning with fever, and I get off my car, and they all come out running with their hands open. And they go, Daddy, Daddy, you know, it's not that I'm a reckless guy. I know that, you know, I don't follow rules very well. And I'm not proud of it. That's just, you know, how I am. It's, it's just a big fault that I have. So I was not being reckless, not taking care of myself, not protecting myself from possible COVID when I knew that they had that, right? But they were not being reckless neither. These are just kids. They have feelings. They have needs. And they have the need of a daddy. They have a need of a father. And they come out. And you can tell how desperate they are of a father that they pick me. So they got to be really desperate on that, right? So as I go, you know, we have, I get back on the car, and then the first thing comes to my mind, and I say, hey, you know, they have all the symptoms of COVID. And then immediately the Lord says, hey, I got you covered. You don't have to worry about that. So time goes by. Never got sick. They're, they're still, you know, not doing very well, but they are getting together now. But I just wanted to let you know that because so you understand that his promises are true. And he's a loving and caring father. And as long as we are within his will, within his purpose, he will protect us. Now, if we go out and do a crazy thing like jumping out of a bridge or covering our eyes and trying to walk across the freeway, you know, I will run you myself over if I see you. So, yeah, that, that's just a nonsense. Now, one thing that I try to oversize the Lord is to seek my heart and to show me where I'm at in my relationship with him. I do not want to deceive myself by thinking that in my heart, that I'm doing God's will, or that I'm walking with the Lord. Jeremiah 79, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who could know it? Oh, that's nasty. I can think that I'm walking with the Lord, but I'm just walking alone, just doing my thing without God's purpose. I can think that I'm honoring God, when I'm just trying to seek honor and glory to myself, which is pretty easy to do. I can think that I'm loving my wife and my children as he loved me when I'm just seeking my own. I can think that I'm serving God when I'm just seeking to serve myself. I can deceive myself by thinking that I am a son of God when my finances, my words, and my deeds are far away from his will. And so I can deceive myself all, on and on, time after time. Now, here are three things that help, that help me stay focused out on God's will. And by no means am I saying that I am right on track or I'm right on the dot. But that, this is the reason why I look into these three things, because I need them. Because I know that I don't stay on, on task. Because I know that I don't stay on track. First one, where do I spend my money? Matthew 6.21, for there where your treasure is, 
there your heart will also be. How sad it is when people lose sleep trying to gather richness, trying to gather all that money, and then they lose a lot of sleep trying to cover that money, trying not to lose it. You know, there's people around the world that have so much money they could never count it. Well, they can count on this thing. That's never going to bring the true joy, the joy of God. Because only when we have that purpose and that passion is the time that we do that. All throughout this time that we have been serving down in Rosarito, there's no other place that we would rather be at. My wife and I had several times, and we thank the Lord for all the hardship and the hard times that we go by, because there is a purpose. We see when somebody stops using drugs, when somebody starts using, stops using their wives as a punching bag, when somebody actually brings their kids to church. That's what it's all about. That's God's purpose, and that's what the Lord does. It's him, not us, and we're blessed that he's using us. We're blessed that he called us to be part of that. And we're blessed to have a family that supports us here. Two, what do you like to talk about? Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it might impart grace to the hearers. So, are we edifying and building our brothers and sisters, or are we tearing them apart? Romans 14, 15 says, do not destroy the one from who, for whom Jesus died. See, Jesus died for all of us, every one of, every one of us who want to accept him as our Lord and Savior. Now, when we go out there and we talk about things that we're not supposed to, or talk about somebody's in their back, what we're saying is, God, I do know that you died at the cross. I do know that you went through all that suffering, but I don't care. My pride comes first. He, she wronged me, and now she's, he or she's not going to know what hit him. So I'm just going to shoot all that venom out of my mouth. And we don't consider, we disregard God's pain and suffering, and we step all over his blood. That's what we do when we don't watch what we say. Number three, how do we spend our time? Ephesians, 15, Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17, this is the NIV version. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but be understanding of what's the Lord's will. This is how 2 Timothy puts it. Be ready in season and out of season. Preach the gospel. Don't waste any opportunity because this is God's will. You know, when it comes out to taking the opportunity, many of the times we've been trying to share with somebody, some of our coworkers, all of a sudden, they go into hardship, and the door opens. And they come, there's 20 people at the office, but, you know, they come to you. God said in that stage right there, don't waste that opportunity. Have some coffee with them. Have some lunch. Listen to them. Many of the times, people don't want to hear what you have to say. 
they need somebody to listen. And by doing that, we're all growing. It's a blessing to us. And people will come out to the understanding and see the light. You know, when people don't want to hear you, it's very clear. That's John 3, 19. The light came into the world, but they didn't go to the light because the deeds are dark, right? So we got away on God's timing. But when that timing comes, don't waste the opportunity. Let's proclaim the gospel. Let's share our faith. Let's, let's tell them what the Lord has done in our lives, what we have seen, how amazing and wonderful he is. Right? Now, now we know that while we fulfill our purpose, which is driven by our passion, we must endure hardship. After all, Jesus gave his life for his purpose and his passion, and so did Paul. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's James 1, 2. Boy, that's one crazy verse. I always had problems with it. Up until now, 15 years later, and I, I'm still having problems with it over on the time. But here, you know, just see, James' words seem to be a little crazy. Who can rejoice when pain, suffering, and loss of financial stability enters our comfort zone? That's pretty hard right there. You know, everything is good. Well, that check is coming in, and we got that two-story home with a swimming pool. That's great. As soon as that's gone right there, where was God? What are you doing? What did you do with my swimming pool? You know, I was happy until you took it away, right? And that's how we live. It's always me, 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 myself, and I. So, you know, it's always hardship. It's not easy. Lord never said it was going to be easy. He, he came over to bring a sword, not peace. So we're, we're going to endure those hard times right there. Now, what if these burdens, what if we see these burdens as an opportunity? What if we ask God to reveal his purpose in our life to give us the passion to fulfill that purpose so that it will become our purpose? What if we asked the Lord and came out and said, and we got clear with him and said, Father, you know, all these years, I have ignored you. All these years, I was my own God. All these years, I thought I was in control. All these years, I had made a mistake. And now that it has come to my attention and I have admitted it, you know, and that's hard to say, admit. And, you know, those are some words to say. As you know, I have been in Mexico for a long time, so before I came over to preach on this, I had to practice my English. So I started out with some really hard words to pronounce, even for very smart people. So I just trained myself out and then said, it was my fault, I'm sorry. Those are very hard words to pronounce and I said, I'm gonna train myself, right? So this is what happens. We let the Lord know and say, okay, Lord, you're in control, I'm gonna trust on you. Because you said that you would never leave me nor forsake me. So here I am. Give me your purpose. Develop that passion in my heart. I want to serve you. What are we doing today? What's your purpose today 
in my life. What are you and me doing? I don't want to go anywhere without you. I don't want to say anything without you. I don't want to walk out of the house if you're not going with me. You are the one that's going to lead me. Now, all of those giants all of a sudden kind of vanish. They're there no longer because God has taken them down when we surrender to him. Now, we can fight all we want, and a lot of us have done it, right? I did until 45 years, until I was 45 years old and could never win one battle. I lost them all, all of them until I surrendered to the Lord. Now, did the Lord give me riches? He did in a way because he gave me a wife and a family. So that's a big richness right there. But, you know, one of the main things right there is that he gave me the opportunity to serve him. And he gave me the opportunity to understand what his will was in my life. And he gave me the opportunity to be part of the family here. And with that part right there is how we develop. So how do we do that? Well, on Matthew 7, 7, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So that's what we do. We go to the Lord and we ask him. We're gonna go, we don't go to the TV. We don't go to the bar. We don't go to the phone. We go to the Bible. We pray. We hear. We listen. There's two different points right there. One is hearing and one is listening. Okay? So we listen. And we ask them again if we didn't understand. He's patient. He's loving and caring. So my time is up. So we're going to go ahead and uh, close here. And uh, we're going to close in prayer. If you guys have any questions or want to know anything about the ministry down in Rosarito, if you want to know anything about it or you want to participate, uh, please let me know. If you guys want to ride with me any day, just let me know when you want to ride with me. Just be sure that uh, your life insurance is up to date. And uh, don't worry about a passport. I smuggle people every week to the U.S. Really. Really, I mean... I, Everybody talks about the passport and, you know, people cross over. As long as they are a U.S. citizen, I guarantee you I'll bring you back or your, your money back, whatever works. All right? So please bow your heads. We're going to go ahead and pray and say thank you to the Lord. Dear Lord, if we have not seek your wisdom and ask for your guidance in our life, we just want to say that we're sorry and ask for your mercy. How foolish of us to think that we can live and prosper without your purpose in our lives. This morning, as we ask that you take control of our lives, that we will have that desire every morning to seek you, that we will come before you every morning and ask, dear Lord, what are we doing today? What are your plans for you and me today? I do not want to go anywhere, say anything, or do anything without a purpose based on our relationship. And all the sons and daughters of God said, Amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you all.